Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences, whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets. Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe. Ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's Original And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stetton. And that's Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shoutouts, merchandise discounts, and in-studio videos of full episodes released a day early. Wow. Insane. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. For merch... Go to webcrawlerspod.com or hothorse.horse if you are nasty. Melissa, do we have Patreon shout outs? We do. We've got Monica F. Hi. Jocelyn O. Hey. Commanda77. What up? Renee T. Oh my God. Hi. Emily N. Hello. Megan H. Hi. Scotty C. Aloha. <laughs> um melissa let's get into it what is our main story our main story is about hinter kaifek also known as the murder farm Uh oh, was a small farmstead in germany that has become infamous oh, as it's become infamous as the scene of one of the most gruesome and puzzling unsolved crimes in german history oh no it involves a haunted farm, incest, mysterious footprints. Let's get into it. Hell yeah, baby. Hello. 
Okay. <laughs> in. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Hinter Kaifek was built in 1863, and it's a half mile behind, or Hinter. Oh, interesting. The town of Kaifek, which is about an hour north of Munich. Okay. And on April 4th, 1922, the neighbors of the Hinter Kaifek home hadn't heard from them in a few days, and one of the girls had missed school. And also the mailman noticed that their mail had been piling up. Uh-oh. So some of the neighbors went to the house to investigate, and in the barn, they found four bodies covered with hay. Oh, shit. In the house, they found two more bodies. Oh, God. So the victims in the barn were Andreas Gruber, who was 63, and his wife, Kazilla, who was 72, their daughter, Victoria, who was 35, and Victoria's daughter, Kazilla, who was seven. Wow, she named her daughter the same name as her mom? Yeah. Okay. Inside the house was Victoria's two-year-old son, Joseph, and the maid, Maria Baumgartner. Side note, the maid was killed on her first day of work. This was her first day. That sucks. Yeah. And so the last maid quit because she thought the farm was haunted. Oof. We'll get into that a little later. So the people who found the bodies, they sent a boy on a bicycle to alert the mayor of Wangen and ask him to call the Munich police. Okay. Remember in the olden days, you had to... Go on a bike to alert the mayor of Wangen. <laughs> now, now you can just take your car. Just, you had to call the local boy who has a bike. Yeah. You, sir, go. Call the police. So the, auto- uh, the, uh, <laughs> the autopsies showed that Andreas's cheekbones were protruding from his face. Oh, no. Most likely from getting hit by a mattock, which is a pickaxe. And Kazilla, his wife, had a cracked skull, and she was strangled. Oh, my gosh. Victoria's skull was smashed, and she had some star-shaped wounds on her head. Hmm. Kazilla, Victoria's daughter, she had a shattered jaw, and her face was covered in circular wounds. Hmm. She had clumps of her own hair in her hands and patches on her head. And this is really sad. So she most likely did not die instantly. It was in shock for a few hours. Oh, pulling so her, scary. her own hair out. And then inside the house, Joseph, the two-year-old, was killed by a blunt force object to his face. His body was covered with one of his mother's dresses. And then the maid, Maria, was killed by blows to the head, and she was covered with her bed sheets. So someone came <clears throat> came into this house and just yeah. caused, just killed yeah, everyone. Mayhem. Yeah, mayhem. The police thought it could have been vagrants, but tossed that idea out after large sums of money were still found in the house, so nothing was stolen. Yeah. The farm animals and pet dog were actually taken care of and fed for a few days after the family died. So the murderer stayed in the house, eating food and lighting fires. There were reports of smoke coming out of their chimney after they were killed. The cows were even milked. They talked to the former maid, who said she quit months prior because she heard footprints in the attic. Oh, footsteps. <laughs> yeah, I was reading, uh, what? Um, muffled voices and constantly felt like she was being watched. Watched. I have a theory about this. In the hayloft inside the barn, they found two impressions in the hay as if someone had been sitting or sleeping there. Also, a tile was removed from the wall, leaving a tiny hole that looked directly into the house. Yeah. Then some strange things happened in the days leading up to the murderer. Murder. 
Andreas found a newspaper he did not buy inside of the house. He asked the mailman where it came from, and he had no idea. They didn't have newspaper subscriptions back in those days, so you actually had to go somewhere to buy the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Andreas found scratches on the lock to his tool shed, like someone was trying to break in to open it. Footsteps, uh, girl, footprints were found in the snow <laughs> leading from the forest to the home in only one direction. No one knows who they belong to. Yeah, they were just going to the house. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means someone walked to the house and then never left. Mm-hmm. One of their two house keys had disappeared. Andreas had talked to his neighbors about all these strange occurrences and asked if anything weird was happening to their homes. They all said no. Andrea said he saw a man in the woods just standing there watching his home. The watcher. The watcher. Perhaps someone was secretly living in their house. The parasite parasite oh. theory. I think I think that's what it was. We'll talk more later. Yeah. Also, the new maid literally showed up hours before the murder happened. A very strange coincidence. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, the worst job. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. imagine if our first day on at Erios we got killed. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Uh, Victoria emptied her bank account a few days before the murder. The money was in the house. A robber could easily find it yeah so the police had two suspects in mind the first was lorenz schlittenbauer Mm. he was the neighbor that victoria had been hooking up with in the past and it was assumed that he was the father of joseph but that was never officially confirmed but the initials probably didn't have dna testing back then yeah no so the initials ls appear on joseph's birth certificate but that could be the initials of the doctor. Lucifer Satan. Oh, yep. So Lorenz and Victoria planned to get married until Victoria's dad, Andreas, put a stop to it. Mm. So Lorenz eventually married someone else. Then he and his new wife had a baby, but it died a few weeks after it was born. Also, Lorenz was the one who led the search the day the bodies were found. And because he lived right next door to the farm. And immediately after finding the four bodies, he started moving them and lifting them up and to look for his son. Oh, God. So apparently tons of people who went looking for the family trampled through the barn in the house. They were even making snacks in the kitchen, like destroying evidence. Like oh, the gosh. whole neighborhood was there just like yeah. looking for them. And what do I always say? Treat every home like a crime, crime scene. scene. Just trampling over everything. So then Lawrence then unlocked the front door with a key. And remember, a key had gone missing. Uh-oh. So I don't know if he maybe had the key already. And so he entered the house alone. And when he was asked why he went in alone, he just said he was looking for his son, Joseph. Mm-hmm. So one theory is maybe that Lawrence was distraught by the death of his baby and didn't want to be financially responsible for Joseph after Victoria demanded that he pay her child support. Huh. So he murdered, perhaps he murdered Victoria and her whole family. And people with him during the initial investigation said his behavior was suspicious. They said he acted nonchalant, viewing and handling the bodies like it wasn't a big deal. Weird. He then made comments indicating knowledge of details that only the killer would know. That's bizarre. So the police questioned him, but they were unable to conclusively place him at the crime scene. Also, his behavior could be explained by shock. Yeah. And then before he ended up dying in 1941... 
And he ended up winning several civil claims for slander against people who described him as the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. I always wonder, like, if I was in a stress situation like that, where if I was in, like, a murder scene, I feel like I would go into complete, yeah, like, calmness. I don't think that I would act like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I think yeah. that I, people would probably be like, she's acting too calm. Yeah, that's why it's like you can never really judge someone on how they yeah. react to like trauma. Right. Cause I think like, you know, it's like fight or flight. Like I think yeah. I, I think I would probably go into very like chill numbness in a situation Just like that. Like, damn, people are dead. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh, Someone so call 911. Yeah. Like I think I'd be very chill. <laughs> um, another suspect is Carl Gabriel. He's Victoria's husband who had been away at the war for about five years. Damn, Victoria's getting it. Yeah. So he had reportedly been killed during the First World War. However, his body has never actually been recovered. Huh. So after the murders, people be- began to speculate if he had actually died in the war. So Victoria gave birth to Joseph illegitimately while her husband was away. And two-year-old Joseph was rumored to be either the son of Lawrence, the neighbor, or Victoria's father, Andreas, yucky, who did have an incestuous relationship that was documented in court and known in the village. That's no bueno. So perhaps Carl heard about Joseph being born and killed the family to seek revenge. Yeah, maybe. And he had reportedly changed his identity with that of a deceased comrade. I mean, it's always shady to change your identity. It really is. So after the second, after the end of the Second World War, captives from the Schrobenhausen region claimed that they had been sent home by a Bavarian-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. So whether Carl lived through World War I is not known. Interesting. So this, let's talk about this incest stuff. Yeah, let's talk about so it. So seven years before the murder in 1915, Andreas and Victoria were convicted of incest. So is this like consensual incest? I don't know. Victoria served one month in jail and Andrea served one year. So if that was 1915, how old would they be? Because Victoria was... Are you kidding me? Like, I don't do math at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Victoria was 35 when she died. And then this was seven years. So she was 28. I believe you. Yeah, I'll take that. So, (laughs) yeah. So a theory is that Joseph was actually the child of Victoria and her own father, Andreas, and that one of them in the family had killed the entire family before killing themselves. Possible. Because supposedly Andreas had other children with Kazilla besides Victoria, but she was the only one to survive his abuse because he was known in the village as not a great dude, like very abusive. Oh, God. So, so I mean, he probably had a lot of enemies. Yeah. Shortly after the murder, the skulls were removed from the bodies and sent to Munich for more examination. And clairvoyance even looked at the skulls to find metaphysical clues. In 1923, the farm was demolished and the family was buried without their heads in a plot in Weidhofen. The skulls were lost during the chaos of World War II. There are some more suspects. The Gump brothers. Adolf Gump was interviewed in connection with the murders because it had been rumored he was in a relationship with Victoria. However, no evidence was ever found to prove this claim. Adolf's brother, Anton Gump, was also interviewed. In 1951, the sister of the Gumps, Crescentia Meyer, claimed on her deathbed that her brothers Adolf and Anton had committed the murders. 
As a result, Anton Gump was brought into police custody, but Adolf had already died in 1944. After a short time, Anton was dismissed again, and in 1954, the case against him was finally discontinued because he could not be proven to have participated in the crime. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if Victoria was a prostitute. Oh. Because she seemed to be fornicating. No judgment. Right. With a lot of people. I'm wondering if that was her job and somehow, like, the mom found out or someone found out or like maybe and even maybe victoria maybe victoria got maybe she was forced into prostitution by her dad victoria got so upset that she killed her entire family and then killed herself or maybe she was killed in the act of trying to maybe it was just finally down to her and her dad and then I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Carl S. and Andreas S. In 1971, a woman named Therese T. wrote a letter about an event that happened when she was a child. At the age of 12, she witnessed her mother receiving a visit from the mother of the brothers Carl and Andreas S. The woman claimed her sons were the two murderers of Hinderkaifek. The mother said Andreas regretted that he lost his penknife in the course of the conversation. In fact, when the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found that could not be clearly assigned to anyone. However, the knife could have easily belonged to one of the murder victims. Uh, Crescens Riger, the former maid of Hinterkaifeck, was certain she had already seen the penknife in the yard during her service. Yeah. Then there's also Peter Weber. Peter Weber. Wait, isn't Peter Weber the name of the current bachelor? I don't watch. Yeah. It is Peter I Weber. I think so. That's shady. Maybe he's immortal. That would yeah, be cool. that's his name. That'd be awesome. What, are, what is his lineage? Is he German? He's Cuban. His mom's, his Cuban, mom's Cuban, and then his dad is. I'm. We don't know. German. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, his father is German. What? His mother's Cuban. Wow. Okay. He's well, related. We're gonna have to look into that. Uh, Peter Weber. Wait. What? Oh no. no what? <laughs> Peter, he's from he's from the Bahamas. Uh, Peter Weber was named a suspect by his work buddy Joseph Betts. According to Joseph, Peter talked about a remote farm he used to work on called Hinterkaifeck. Peter knew that only one old couple lived there with their daughter and her two children. It's likely he knew about the incest between Andreas and his daughter. Joseph testified that Peter had suggested killing the old man to get the family's money. When Joseph told him he wasn't about that life, Peter stopped talking about it. None of the money was taken, though, so I don't think it's Peter. So that kind of rolls him out. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's that. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Beichler Brothers and George Siegel. Okay, let's remember George. Okay, the former maid, Kresens Riger, worked from November 1920 to about September 1921 on Hinterkaifeck. She suspected the brothers Anton and Carl Beichler to have committed the murders. Anton had helped with the potato harvest. Oh my God, potatoes. Oh, on Hinterkaifeck and knew the premises. The maid said Carl talked to her often about the Gruber family. Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. Ooh. The maid also said in her interrogation that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. She oh. reported speaking with a stranger through the window at night. The maid believed that it was Carl Beichler, the brother of Anton. She thought that Anton and Carl Beichler could have committed the murders together with George Siegel, not related to me, the <laughs> farmhand who had worked at Hinterkaifeck and knew of the family fortune. Supposedly, Siegel had broken into the home in November 1920 and had stolen a number of items, though he denied it. He did state that he had carved the handle of the murder weapon when oh. he was working at Hinterkaifeck and knew that the tool would have been kept in the barn passage. So he's the one who basically made this pickaxe or whatever that everyone was killed with also i would probably like to say that george siegel is probably jewish mm -hmm. and that all the rest of these people are probably not oh interesting just keep that in mind keep that in mind okay so there's the thaler brothers the brothers had already committed several burglaries in the area before the crime and the maid said that joseph thaler stood at her window at night and asked her questions about the family but she gave no answer who are these people that are speaking to the maid at night through windows? And, <laughs> what is she? Something is up with this family. It's so weird. So in conversation, Joseph Thaler claimed to know which family member was sleeping in which room and stated that they had a lot of money. And during the conversation, the maid noted that there was another person nearby. But according to the statement, J Joseph Thaler and the stranger looked at the machine house and turned their eyes upwards. Whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Uh, author Bill James, in his book, The Man from the Train alleged that Paul Mueller may have been responsible for the murders. 
So the murders bear some similarities to his crimes in the United States, including the slaughter of an entire family in their home, use of a blunt edge of a farm tool as a weapon, and the apparent absence of robbery as a motive. So the author suspected that Mueller, who was a German immigrant, might have departed the U.S. for his homeland after private investigators and journalists began to notice and publicize patterns in family murders across the state lines following the 1912 murder of two families in Colorado Springs. They thought that this, like, murderer guy went back overseas because it was just very similar huh. to his murders. So that that's one of the suspects. They interviewed people until, like, 1986, and no one's ever been charged. But these students examined the case again in 2007. They were at the... Polizy School sounds right. Police Academy in Furstenfeldbruck. They examined the case using modern criminal investigation techniques, and they concluded that it is impossible to definitively solve the crime after so much time has passed. And the primitive investigation techniques available at the time of the murders yielded little evidence. And in the decades since the murders, evidence has been lost, and suspects have died. And despite these suspects, the students did establish a prime suspect, but they did not name the suspect out of respect for its still living relatives. Hmm. So these students are like, we know who it is, but we're not going to say. Interesting. I think it might be Lawrence. Yeah, maybe. And then less than a year after the murders and after the murder investigation, the farm is completely demolished. And since then, the farm has been empty. There's a memorial shrine. And today, the former land is an open agricultural area. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so we have some theories. Yeah. Okay. So I think that this... Okay. I think that George... Okay. So <laughs> the, first, the first maid was hearing footsteps in, yes. in the, what, like the, the attic. attic. Okay. So 1920 is when the Nazi party started being formed. So although like Hitler wasn't hadn't risen to power yet, but obviously that there was some 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 problems between the Germans and the Jews. Yes. We're beginning. So I and probably some Jews had to start going into hiding or they mm-hmm. were they were feeling some pressure in, you know, their wherever they were living. So I think that since this farmhouse was uh kind of like obscure and remote, uh-huh. I think that George Siegel was probably Jewish, mm-hmm. knew that he was working the farmhand at this like kind of remote farm hideaway. Maybe he had family or friends who were Jewish who were feeling pressure wherever they were living in like the main community, said, Hey, I have a place where you could live or hide out if you need to. Yes. He brought his family or whoever to live in the attic or perhaps the barn of this house yeah then perhaps the family found out there was some sort of fight between george George siegel and the jews that he was hiding in the house and this family the family the, the george siegel and these people um ended up killing the family who lived there Mm-hmm. And then George Siegel and the family ended up staying there for a few days after. Oh, that would because they said the, they were like eating the food. The, the animals were taken care the of. Smoke was taking like smoke was in the chimney and whatever. And then they ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. I mean, they probably would have taken the money, but they didn't. Maybe they felt bad about that or whatever. 
Or maybe George was like, I'll give it to you in a few days or something. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe they kept them or maybe George was going to keep the money and the family was, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's one possibility that I think. Another yeah. one uh, for the Nazis is the Nazis saw the farm as an obscure remote hideaway and the Nazis wanted to take it. Yeah. So here there's no Jews in the picture. No. I'm Jewish, by the way, in case anyone has a problem. Um, so I've had a bar mitzvah. Um, so similar rural Nazi hideouts had been discovered all over Germany, many in Bavaria. So so sometimes Nazis would like storm a house, kill the people there, and then just take it over. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe the Nazis just came, stormed the house, uh-huh. and took it for themselves. Yeah. So that's another another option. And then they stayed. Right. To eat the food and take care of the animals because they plan to take over the farm. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Which would make sense. But, so, but then maybe they didn't end up staying there because the neighbors got suspicious or something or they yeah. decided to go somewhere else. Another thing to this whole Nazi thing is that the Bavarian residents were traditionally conservative. Mm. And this thing called the Anif Declaration of 1918, which ended the Bavarian monarchy... It led to a period of constitutional instability, and then a lot of extremist groups were moving into Bavaria. Interesting. And so Andreas was rumored to be a Nazi sympathizer because he was outspoken, which made him stand out in this small town he was in of more liberal voters. And so Mm. in 1922, the year they were killed, an election was scheduled. So perhaps the family was murdered to thwart the growth the growth of extremism in the region to make sure all the votes went to the liberal candidates. Well, if they're pro-Nazi, then no offense. Good. Yeah. And so Adolf Gump... This is an anti-Nazi podcast. Always has been, always will always be. Always will be. Always has, always will. Adolf Gump, who we mentioned earlier, who may have had a relationship with Victoria, he had political connections with the Free Corps Oberland, mm. which was a group to root out communists, but a lot of their members, including Adolf, began switching their attention to the Nazis. Because mm. remember, his sister said on her deathbed, Adolf was the one who was killing Nazis. Right. And if he suspected Andreas and the family of being a Nazi, maybe he killed them. That's cool that with a name like Adolf, that you're also yeah. a Nazi killer. <laughs> I have an uncle, Adolf. You, you do? Great, oh, great okay. uncle. That's crazy, he Melissa. He lives in Germany. Hey, my family's German. They were not Nazis, though. That's Are you sure? Wild. Oh, I'm sure they. You, you, you've gone down the path. Oh, I've gone down the path. That's wild. They were. They helped out the Jews. That's great. Oh, that's nice, Melissa. Yeah, that's great, Melissa. Yeah, you know what did they do? They just helped them, gave them food and stuff. That's so nice. My great great grandpa was killed by Nazis. He was pushed into uh, a river or a oh lake. Oh my god! Nobody really knows what happened. He was just pushed into, and people suspected it was Nazis. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That's crazy. crazy. Where in Germany was your family? Uh, they were mostly in Frankfurt. Wow. Around the Whoa. Frankfurt and Wiesbaden. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. The Stettens? The Stettens. 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 Yeah. What it's, does Stetten mean? Do you know? I have no idea. Seagull means boat builder. Oh. It does? Yeah. So where's no. your family from? from? We are from Russia or Poland. I don't know. But on the water, so yeah, you were building those boats. I guess so. Did they like kielbasas in <laughs> und sauerkraut? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Isn't this nice? A Nazi, yeah, and a, a Nazi and a Jew just getting <laughs> shaking hands. <laughs> Guten Abend, Ali. <laughs> we get us in. <laughs> I mean, how are you? 
Ich bin nicht gut. Oh my God, how many languages yeah, do you speak, Melissa? Melissa, you're scaring us now. <laughs> Melissa, das ist Hilda. Oh my God, I don't like it. I'm Hilda. I love sauerkraut und Braunschweiger. No, Melissa. So good. <laughs> Come on. Oh my God. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so another, uh, so in after World War One, hundreds of politicians were murdered in Germany. So by 1922, the year of these murders, there was over 300 government members had been murdered, which was basically the start of the Nazi party. Can so I, it's possible that he was murdered. Can I ask a question? Yes. <laughs> this is a stupid question. No question. It's a stupid question. This is stupid. Okay. World War One was with Germany. World War Two was with Russia. Allie, no. <laughs> Allie, come on. Oh, boy. What do you mean, World War Two? Do you mean Germany wasn't in World War Two? <laughs> Allie, what do you mean? Does she think Germany wasn't in World War Two? <laughs> Germany is World War Two. Yeah, Allie. Do you? Russia's in World War Two, but okay. Wait a minute. Do you think World War One is when like concentration camps were and stuff? Yes. And then what year did you think that was? <laughs> This is not a history podcast. <laughs> I don't know There's when was so many. What's going through your mind? I need to know. Let's hear it. Okay, I don't. Another, I don't. Another no, possible. Allie, there's two, there's there. World War Two was when the Nazis were, and that was like 30s, 40s. Then what's World War One? World War One is like what 1917 is about. That movie that's out yeah, right now. I haven't seen it. Is it the Cold War? Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> World yeah, War I was, One was like 1914. It ended in 1920, 1918, or 1920, yeah. or something like that. And it was, it was, it was in Europe. And America went to that one as yeah. well. What it, was it about? I'm not sure. Pa- what it was having about. power? It was someone know. invading something. Something, invading, something. Someone trying to take over something. I think it was Germany again trying to take over. Probably. Yeah, that's why, because they were still mad, and that's why World War II happened. Yeah. Well, anyway, so then, that's anyways, what I thought. So then, and then there's the Korean War, mm-hmm. and then there's v- then there's the Cold War, or then the uh, and the, the Vietnam War. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's all I can do here. I <laughs> mean, I I'm not saying I'm an expert, but. <laughs> okay. So then there's also another potential theory is Joseph Bartle, mm-hmm. who escaped from a hospital in 1921 when he was being treated for mental illness, and he was in the area during the murders. Yeah. He could have just murdered them. He, he could have done that. He could have done, done, done that. Oh, there was a stalker scene in the woods. What? Tell me more. So it could have been Victoria's first husband, Carl. Maybe he oh came back from World War One, faked his yes. death, saw that Victoria like had this other kid and was like, what the fuck? She's fucking around on me. Oh, shit. And then murdered the whole family it's like how olivia newton john's boyfriend faked his death and then resurfaced in a, on the oh, beaches yeah. of mexico 10 years later oh yeah it's the same exact thing wow but the most likely suspect i think is lauren's i the think neighbor. so too yeah that's kind of like everyone online is kind of like yeah it's probably him really the reddit threads are just going nuts yeah. over lauren's all right. Well, I mean, usually we 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 have the same opinion as what's going on on Reddit. So I think maybe it's Lawrence. Yeah, because he could have been upset because it's weird. He didn't claim that Joseph was his son until after the murders happened. Oh, that's weird. which is odd. And it's rumored that he's the one who actually alerted the police about the in, the incest. Oh, so maybe he's happening. 
Wow. So maybe he got full of rage. And, yeah. Okay. And he didn't want to pay child support because he knew that uh, the son was like was from Andreas in Victoria. Yeah. So he's like, I'm not paying. I'm not paying child support because that's an incest baby. Yeah. And you know, you know how that goes. And he does not like paying for incest babies. No. So it might have been him. And then he maybe he planned to take over the farm because he was like, well, Joseph's my son, and maybe I'm going to get all this insurance or something. Yeah, and then also maybe like since the farm was so remote, they were like, no one will know that yeah. there is a murder. And especially if no one likes this family, they're like, no one will know, no one will care. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Hinterkaifeck. I could teach everyone some German. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Guten Morgen. It's good morning. Mor- good morning. Guten Tag. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> yeah, guten Abend means good evening. Oh, oh. So there's also something called the Hongan murders, which is the Chinese Hinterkaifeck murders. What? Yes. And it remains unsolved since 2007. 2007 it happened. Yeah, recently. Um, This is from Unsolved Mysteries Reddit, um, posted by DQ689. He or she says, this case is a bit lesser known, but I would like to share with you all as well. The Hongan murders, which I would like to call the Chinese Hinterkaifeck, occurred the night of December 26, 2007, in Hongan County, Hubei Province in China. Wang Shishu, a lime factory owner, uh, together with his four family members and three workers, were killed by an unknown killer. The victims aged from 9 to 60 years old. About a month before the murders, Mr. Wang's uh, $15,000 were stolen. He reported it to the police. So the police estimated that robbery may have been the motive uh, for the murders. Also, according to some forensic analysis, the authorities suspected that the perpetrators may have worked in Mr. Wang's factory before and they may have known each other in the past. However, since then, nobody has ever been convicted of this murder. Huh. It seems that Hongan murder did not generate much attention from China compared to Hinterkaifeck murders in Germany. It's just because it's a family murder that was never solved. <gasps> Wait a second. What? Anyone have anything interesting? Oh, never mind. <laughs> it says anyone have anything interesting and creepy, the likes of Hinterkaifeck or Lisa Lamb. I thought that they were comparing. Oh. I thought there was. I thought there was a correlation between Hinterkaifeck or Lisa Lamb, and I was gonna. Flip my fucking lid. <laughs> huh. Well, we all know China has been known for underreporting right. deaths and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the <clears throat> coronavirus. Yeah, what do we all think about that? I think we're all going to die. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, there's only, what, f- th- two cases in California? Yeah, they just found the first transmitted disease though from person to person here in Uh-oh. the states though because everything else they found has been when people came from over Wuhan. oh shit so, so oh no can really. go person to person so we're getting we're getting into like oh, no. gwyneth is in america now Fuck, oh, and no. now she's passing it around yeah yeah i've oh, watched no. contagion three times <laughs> contagion's a crazy movie it's so good though are I you love serious it. i don't want i don't know you're being I love crazy it. i don't know if that I like powerful it. cast marion no, cotillard it's matt powerful. damon gwyneth kate winslet kate winslet is it oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah she has a she has a she, she doesn't have a great time it, yeah, yeah yeah she, doesn't she have take, a good time. that's like my worst nightmare is like but then again why would she have stayed in that motel room like yeah, you should be in a bubble. Crazy. Oh my god! Spoiler alert: 
Oh, sorry. I love all sort of like pandemic movies. I gotta so. watch too. Outbreak again. I, I, Outbreak. I'm gonna Outbreak. watch. I'm gonna watch that tonight. Remember, and he has a hole in his suit, and then yeah, that oh, saves his, and no. it's like, but they say they they save his life because they the whoever says you've got a hole in your suit. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law. Steven Soderbergh directed Contagion. Duh, the yellow tint didn't tip you off. (laughs) Dimitri Martin is in Contagion. Wait, what? Yeah, he plays one of the doctors. He plays the germ. (laughs) (laughs) Maria. What? No, I'm just saying. Elliot Gould. Wow. (laughs) What's wrong with playing a germ? Matt Damon. In Contagion. Already said Matt. Yeah, Damon. Duh. Yeah, duh duh for Damon. (laughs) Damon. does for damon does for damon well anyway anyway if you have any ideas about this hint or kaifak or if you have the coronavirus or if you have the coronavirus or know someone who has it or have any ideas on how to fight it are you guys still doing your um patreon thing where if they give a certain amount they give you the topic to do yes yes (laughs) i think that's a great idea how much Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How much do they have to give to do that? 30 bucks. Yeah. But honestly, We've done a couple. Yeah, I know. They're good ones. The br- uh was the Bridgewater suggestion? Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. With the mochi cheese. Yes. The Bakwash. M- oh no. Machichi Machichi Petu Wawa Pukwaji Pukwaji Boo Puppy Tatu. Oh no. Hi, I'm a Pukwaji. Oh, what? So, if you want to contact us, we're on the Pukwudgie. <laughs> that's not a Pukwudgie. That's like a Yeti. <laughs> um, I'm a Yeti. What if a Yeti had just like a nerdy voice? Uh, I'm a um, Yeti. <laughs> so what? I'm a Yeti, you guys. Get, get a life, loser. It's just like a teenager. <laughs> whatever yeah, shut up meth is cool <laughs> <laughs> melissa yeah where can people contact us you mean hilda das is hilda <laughs> <laughs> ich bin nicht gut no <laughs> i'm from deutschland Hilda from Deutschland. Hilda. Where can people contact Melissa and Allie? On the internet. <laughs> Webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Email us some stuff. And on, on Reddit and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Webcrawlerspod. Um, Maria the Pakwaji, do you have any final words? <laughs> I think it's very nice. <laughs> das is good. So what? Get a life. Oh, Yeti, you guys. Yeah, so I want to wear glasses. So what? (laughs) Get a life, losers. I'm going to die. Okay. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Dasi Zilda. So what? (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, boy. What an episode. Powered by ACAST. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 